It's a special episode of Falling with Style. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And this is an ongoing Pixar movie marathon podcast where each episode is typically dedicated to exactly one movie in the Pixar Animation Studios canon. But today we're doing something different because we've covered the first 12 movies. And since this is a monthly podcast, that means we've been doing this for a year. And coincidentally, as there are currently 24 films in the Pixar canon, uh, it also means that as we record this, we're at the halfway point. Obviously, they're still making movies, but right now, as it stands, as we record this, we are 50% of the way through the canon. So for this episode, we're just going to touch down and we're going to talk about what we've covered so far uh, as sort of a uh, one-year retrospective. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Touchdown, like... The spaceships in Wally touch down on Earth and <laughs> rebuild it. Rebuild yeah, just like that. I was mm-hmm. wondering where you were going with that because I was like, Pixar's never made a football movie, so I'm not really sure where he's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> also, I would have been very surprised if you went with a Pixar or a football football metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, so we've covered we've covered the first twelve movies, which covers the first sixteen years-ish of Pixar films. Obviously, Pixar existed before that, doing like commercials and short films and just developing technology (laughs) before that. But as far as movies go, it's about 16 years. Um, It's nine distinct properties uh, as opposed to, you know, 12 because there are some sequels thrown in there. Um, And if you are not sure what movies those are, here's a quick rundown. Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, Wally, Up, Toy Story 3, and Cars 2. Yeah, that's uh, what a what a what a wild array of movies it is in retrospect. Yes. OK, yes and no ish. <laughs> right. Like I was thinking about this um, because one of the things that we kind of, I think, have in the back of our minds, at least if it's not, you know, super apparent each episode Um, where we're talking about a specific movie is that one thing we're doing is kind of getting a bigger picture, like a more bird's eye view of just like the Pixar canon. It's one Mm. of the reasons we refer to it as the Pixar canon, right? It is an official collection of Pixar films made by a studio that is very much uh, like an all in-house studio, which isn't the case for every animation studio or most animation studios. So um, the big picture is kind of one thing that's interesting to me. This, I, I would say, even though we're stopping down at exactly halfway through, I really think a better stop down point might've been right after Toy Story 3. Because I think Toy Story through Toy Story 3 really kind of feels like a first like era of Pixar or a, or a, a solid like first collection mm-hmm. of Pixar films. And then I think Cars 2, and this is a bit supported by, you know, Pixar's own, like, stated goals along the way. But I do think Cars 2 sort of marks 
a second era of Pixar animation where when we start getting into what's next, it's going to be a lot more sequels. Yeah. Um, like at a higher concentration, which we've talked plenty about wasn't really Pixar's thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But Cars 2 also is such like a weird thing that's kind of still, I feel like, based on the on the future Pixar movies I have seen coming up, which is only which is only like a, 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 a you know, like maybe about half of a little over half of them, probably. It still feels like it's kind of an outlier, you know, just from the type of movie that it is. Yeah. So, like, it kind of, I think it still sort of works with the first era as sort of this weird little, it feels like the Spider-Man Far From Home after Avengers Endgame kind of thing. I was going to say the (laughs) Ant-Man. Yeah, or something like that where it's just sort of like the little sort of addendum that's like not really part of any particular era because it's kind of in the middle of everything, you know? Um, it's kind of just, it's sort of almost a bridge movie into the next era in, in some ways. It doesn't really mm-hmm. fit into either of them. So, like, I think that works, and I think it's, I think it gives a, I think that helps give a good sampling to the first, to the first uh, half of Pixar's filmography, too. Because I do think that, even though we talked about how it's not, like, the worst movie ever or whatever, I think, like, it is, it's considered enough of a miss that like, I think it's, it shows the sort of spectrum of like good to less good that, that Pixar can sort of have that I'll be interested to compare to the next 12 movies that, that we cover after this next, this coming year. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. I think you could probably make a strong argument either way. And I think you made like pretty much the argument for considering it part of a sort of, first chunk like cohesive first chunk Mm -hmm. in that uh it is you know cars is one of the sort of like more early original iconic pixar franchises so to not include that sequel in there i think is sort of strange and it does give you that sort of high like some highs and some lows um i think you also could sit there and say like well you know until cars 2 the only sequels they were making were toy story sequels and those are both very well received yeah. by nearly everyone um and i say nearly because we'll get into something mm-hmm. um but uh but then cars 2 sort of ushers in an era of sequels that are not as well received typically speaking um so yeah it is weird it does sort of just exist in this weird floaty space where you wouldn't want to like kick off an era with it right but it feels weird to end an era with it it almost would have been better to be like in between some of these other movies. And then it's just sort of like there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I are, are there other like big picture, th- as long as we're talking big picture, like mm-hmm. we've never really looked fully at the big picture or like stopped down and looked at the big picture. So like when we were talking about doing this podcast, you had mentioned like, I'm interested in specifically seeing like how things developed or what Pixar's brand is more fully. Like where, where are you at with that 12 movies later? Like, what are you seeing? What are you recognizing that maybe you didn't have a fuller picture of before at this point, if anything? Sure. I think that we tracked their progression of technology and to an extent storytelling, but the storytelling has always been generally pretty good, but especially like the visuals we tracked that. And what I was surprised by is that I feel like it reaches a plateau, like really early on where like by around finding Nemo, like the movies just look good and like they look better incrementally, I think still with each with each movie, but like, there's like massive leaps from movie to movie from Toy Story through Finding Nemo. And then after that, I feel like you kind of have to actively be looking for 
what's improved. And that sort of surprised me because I felt like I would be studying these, you know, like chronologically and like kind of intensely for this podcast. I would be able to more to more see like a steady arc, you know, as just technology just gets better and better and better over the years. And it just isn't really like that. Like they just get really, really good, <laughs> really, really, really early, fast. you know, and it's like, and yeah, I know you can compare, you can compare like a, you know, like a screenshot from Toy Story 3 and then Toy Story 4, and you're going to find how much more detail it is. Oh, yeah. But, like, you have to really look for that stuff. Like, you have to have those screenshots comparing it, you know? And and it's not really noticeable how much – how how those uh how how much better it gets movie to movie at a certain point because it's always really really good you know um and that that just really surprised me yeah i that i i agree with the sentiment of that of like it it got better than i thought faster than i thought and for me it's cars because cars to me even though it's it's a highly stylized movie i do Mm -hmm. think cars is the first time where it was like holy shit, there's like photorealistic stuff in this movie. That's true, yeah. You know, like there's there's shit that you could fool somebody with in this movie. Um, Cars 2 even more so. But I do think Cars was the first time, and that's only seven movies in, mm-hmm. um, th- I guess 10 years, but like seven movies in, and I was like, oh, damn, they've already done it. Like they've already gotten to a point where they're fooling the human eye. Although Finding Nemo probably does that at points too on like wider shots or environmental shots, stuff like that, so... Um, what's interesting to me is there's a little bit of like um, like an ebb and flow a little bit because I do think Finding Nemo looks better than The Incredibles, but I think Cars looks better than The Incredibles, and then I think Wally looks better than Ratatouille. Like it's interesting yeah. that there is like a little bit, but I think it just depends on what they were focusing on for that movie. Um, and they yeah they pretty much I mean by the time Ratatouille rolls around, like they've even got convincing humans. Or or human like features because those are again stylized characters, but like yeah. the way that skin looks or the way that mm-hmm. hair looks, um, they've pretty much they've pretty much nailed it. And sure, it improves, but it you know, like you said, <laughs> like unless you're watching them all back to back or looking at screen grabs next to each other, I don't think anyone's looking at Ratatouille and being like, "Wow, those Paris streets really don't look as good as they could." <laughs> yeah, who's saying that? You know, right? Yeah, and I think I, I think really like Finding Nemo for me just feels like such a big pivot point for Pixar more than I remember it being or was expecting it to be because that's not only was that the point for me that I felt like that that they just sort of like reached their plateau. I know you said it's like kind of cars for the backgrounds, and I do agree with that. But I think where it's like such a noticeable difference with the technology and the visuals, like Finding Nemo, there's never there's never a bigger jump from Monsters Inc. to Finding Nemo as there oh, is yeah. between two movies. That um, I agree with full. I think yeah. yeah. That's I think that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, sure. and, that is a and, massive leap. But I think with sort of the storytelling too, like I think with Finding Nemo is when it's like, like I feel like from Toy Story through Monsters Inc, they still feel like they're kids movies that just kind of have sort of a a mature bent to them. And then with Finding Nemo onwards, with the exception of the Cars movies, it's like, oh, these are movies that like are not for kids; they are for families in that. You, they are aimed at an adult and also kids at the same time, um, mm-hmm. in a way that is really that you know Pixar is sort of known for uh, now. But it's it was sort of interesting to be like they did it with Finding Nemo and then they just pretty much continued to do that with every movie except for Cars, at least through you know through these twelve movies, which was sort of interesting. Like it's it feels like like Finding Nemo is just sort of a flashpoint for like modern day Pixar more mm-hmm. than I realized it was. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. It also, I think it also highlights a different way that you could sort of break things up into era. If you broke it up into storytelling specifically, I think you could sort of break it down that way based on 
how they're telling stories or like how they're developing stories. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. I mentioned early on and have certainly touched back on it, but that sort of early Pixar idea of like, what if to- like toys had their own world and lives? What if bugs had their own worlds and lives akin to ours? What if monsters had their own world like akin to ours? What if fish did? And then I think you reached this sort of right around finding Nemo and a little bit beyond like this thing where it's less about just the simple what if this world existed and more like what human stories are are like a bigger priority than just the what if, right? Like the yeah. what if becomes less of the core concept and more of the setting and environment, mm-hmm. um, I think, around that point. Because you have Finding Nemo, which, like you said, feels like a much more family and adult uh, movie. And then The Incredibles doesn't really follow that formula of what if at all. It's just superheroes, yeah. which we've already we've done that, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a uh, high concept. What if? Well, and it's, and it's interesting because I feel like people still sort of associate Pixar with that what if type of thing mm-hmm. now. But they kind of. I don't want to say abandon it because it's still present, like to a certain extent in some movies. But they they pivot away from that a lot earlier than I think I realized they did. Because even Finding Nemo yeah. is not really much of a what if. Like I guess it is like looking in the interior life of something in the same way that's like the interior life of toys or bugs or monsters. I guess they kind of do that for fish, but yeah. it's so less. It's so not in that movie is so not interested in like the world of fish so much as it is like its characters and plot in the context of yes. being in a fish world, if yes. that makes sense. Like it's not really exploring the mechanics of the fish world um, and, and how all of it works and trying to make like clever parodies or whatever. Like it has some of that, but it's focus isn't there. And then, and then pretty much every movie after that, with the exception of cars, right. Uh, isn't doing that. And like, which is interesting because, because I've been thinking now, like if Cars was part of the sort of initial, like first couple of movies, it probably would be more well regarded than it is now because it's so in line with the, the original sort of pitch of Pixar, I guess, you know, <laughs> I still think it's Cars 2's fault. I think if Cars 2 never happened, Cars would exist exactly where you're saying yeah. it theoretically should, but it just feels like an older Pixar movie than, conceptually it it definitely feels like an older pixar movie because it feels like it feels like that early on john lassiter and like his buddies thinking of stuff at a lunch table you know yeah and and i think that that that's we'll we'll talk about when we talk about the rankings and stuff like that it's interesting to me because i i've always associated that so heavily with pixar just like a lot of people do but i realized that like that's not really what i'm interested in because the movies that do that are the ones that end up i think end up kind of a little lower on my list ultimately for the most part Mm -hmm. um and and i end up being a lot more interested in the more complicated pixar movies which i've i i don't uh I, I understand why someone would feel the opposite of that and just have a real uh, a real attachment to sort of the simplicity of like looking at the interior life of a thing or a, the what if question. Because um, mm-hmm. I have heard that in conversation before people being like, I kind of wish Pixar had sort of stuck with the, what they're originally doing um, and, and gone in a different direction. Um, and I sort of get that. But like it's clarified for me what I'm actually interested in in Pixar movies. And that's just like telling these incredibly complex sort of high concept stories um, that dig really deep into, you know, deeper questions and humanity and existentialism and stuff like that. Well, I would argue they never fully abandoned it because I think that, that um, I think it's a, it's been a transformation, right? Like, I don't think it's been a, a moving away from, I think it's been a rebalancing. It's been a reweighting. It's, 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 you know, they're, they're a focus shift or whatever, but I do think like 
Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters, Sort of Finding Nemo, Cars, I think are the foundation of what Pixar does. Um, and I think early on sort of needed to do to prove its chops because I think what they were largely praised for was creating worlds you got lost in and very immediately bought into, right? Yeah. You were convinced that everything happening in Toy Story, despite not being reality, was possible. Yeah. And they, you know, Pixar folks talk a lot and you get this from all sorts of directors. This isn't just like a John Lasseter thing or a Pete Doctor thing or a Ed Catmull thing. Like... They all kind of talk this way of like, you want the audience to believe what they're watching. And you think about it and you're like, yeah, but Cars talking. But they still, uh, Cars is maybe not a good example because that's the one people push back on the most. But like, <laughs> but like Toys is, a, is still a good example or Monsters yeah. is still a good example where what they were praised for was that buy-in, right? It's not that they want you to believe literally that monsters exist and you never knew it. It's just that they want you to believe what's happening on screen so that you don't have to suspend disbelief actively, you know? like, um, And I think that proved like Pixar is incredible at creating worlds. So then when we fast forward to something like Inside Out, which isn't that interior life of necessarily or literally mm -hmm. or brave, which is a sort of historical fiction, the the fundamentals and foundation of world building and that believability and that buy-in is still there. And I have to imagine um, that even when they're t when they're developing Luca, which is the most recent one, they mm. still were asking the exact same questions of how does this work? Why does it do why is why do they do it this way? Um and when you watch Luca you can see bits and pieces of that, but like it's not it's not the focal point. But all that work is still there, right? It's like that solid stone foundation they can't fully get away from, uh, nor should they. Uh but it's just yeah, it's not like the celebrated piece of these movies. Yeah, th that's, that makes sense. <laughs> and that makes sense. Yeah, it's always there. It's just less focused on the world building aspect, which I it make that actually sort of that puts it in, in perspective a bit for me because I definitely personally am someone that I found I don't have a lot of interest. I don't have as much interest in world building in a lot of properties, you know, like I'm totally fine just being tossed into a thing and not really understanding how it works as long as the characters are interesting and I can follow the plot. Um, like I've never gotten into like Tolkien type stuff where it's really in depth about world building. So when the focus kind of shifts a little bit away from that, I, I, I find myself like kind of responding to that a little bit better, but you're right. Pixar never abandons it. It's just sort of more, they, they, they sort of dole it out as like a backdrop more than making that a focus for a lot of its jokes. Yeah, or they don't a lot point of at it as much. There's yeah. not as much like jazz fingers like, hey, look at the bug bar, baby. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but if it's integral to the story they're telling, they're still going to show you the bug bar. You exactly. Know? Which, again, I can see why that could ruffle some feathers for some people. Because if you are someone who really is interested in world building and really wants to kind of in-depth explore an alternate sort of reality that these movies are presenting with the high concept and you don't get as much of that as you want, then yeah, it is going to be kind of disappointing because Pixar did used to do more of that. So I kind of, I get that perspective a little better now, actually. I think that'll be an interesting question to keep in our heads moving forward because even though we've gotten some movies already that have focused way less on that, like a Ratatouille or like uh, Up, right? Like yeah. where they they really I mean they had to consider how those worlds worked but they're they're pretty much just our world. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it'll be interesting 
to move out of this sort of foundational era and into a more, I think, grab bag era and then sort of evaluate, okay, which of these movies feel more like an older school Pixar movie based on how much they focus on that versus how much certain ones don't, right? Like, mm-hmm. without having watched them recently, I'm thinking of, like, Coco versus Luca or Onward or whatever, like, where they just have different levels of it, right? Yeah. Where Coco, I think, shows you a lot more of the world and what's happening uh, than something like Onward, where it just exists in the world. Right, right, yeah. That's a good point. So you mentioned some rankings, and we'll get to those in just a second, because I do think they're very interesting and fun. But I think this is a good point at which to mention something Pixar film related that I don't know if we're ever really going to get very much into, because we know more about it than other things like it in the Pixar realm, but there really isn't that much to know. Uh, and that is the the sort of infamous canceled Pixar movie, Newt which we all knew about and we were anticipating uh, because it had started to market uh, or at least release information, concept art, uh, plot detail, stuff like that, uh, even production stuff, and then was like publicly shelved, which is like not a thing Pixar ever does. Like once Mm -hmm. you know the movie's happening, that movie's coming out. (laughs) Um, And I don't really know where else to talk about it. So I figured I'd mention it here because this actually is right in the timeline of releases where this movie should have been happening. Um, It might have been before or after Brave. I'm not really sure. Um, But where we are in the timeline is that 2011 to 2012 spot. And Newt should have come out in 2012 if they had continued and finished it. Uh, so it feels like a natural point to bring it up, at least. Yeah, no, I think this is great because I, I don't, I don't really know much about it other than when, when it's been casually mentioned, and at some point, I don't even remember when or how. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna be my question: is like, do you know anything about this movie, Newt? I knew that that the the plot was similar to the parrot movie plot. Uh, <laughs> the parrot uh, movie, yes. Yeah. Uh, Rio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which are good movies i would recommend um but uh but yeah i mean i guess that's that's sort of the big thing and honestly a big bulk of it but um newt was a project that was announced in 2008 so it would have been announced around the time when ratatouille and wally were the most recent pixar movies so it's announced at a, at a good time for pixar right like mm-hmm. at a point where it's like oh or you know and then up is is right after it like we're like, oh, okay, like Newt, I'm excited, brand loyalty, like they've, they're they solid, like this will be a good movie simply because we know Pixar is doing it. Um, and so I, it was anticipated. I was excited for it. Um, I remember, you know, reading about it and seeing the little bits and pieces we got and being like, ooh, can't wait for that one, just as excited for this as the next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was canceled just two years later in 2010, uh, largely because – it they said that it wasn't working despite all the retooling that Pixar is very open and honest about doing right like every Pixar movie goes through uh these multiple cycles of like okay let's view the film as we have it now let's talk about what needs to change and let's retool it we talked about this with Toy Story and Toy Story 2 talked about it with Monsters uh and Finding Nemo like these these phases of development that can drastically change a story and make sure that it works it just wasn't working with Newt. Right. And then that combined with the fact that Rio uh, was announced and coming out and based on the delays for Newt would have come out before Newt. 
putting Pixar in a position once again, a la Ants and Bugs Life, where they would be releasing a movie similar to another movie within a year of that movie. Right. Um, I think they just were like, it's not working. It's similar to something else. We are not derivative, if anything, you know, let's, let's just not. And on top of that, it was set to be directed by this guy named Gary Rydstrom. And I say this guy as if he's a nobody, he's not a nobody. He's like (laughs) a very well decorated, uh, like seven time Academy award winning sound designer, Mm -hmm. um, who directed like English language versions of Ghibli movies and some short films for Pixar and stuff. It was supposed to be directed by him. It was passed on to Pete doctor after all these sort of like, this isn't working. This isn't working. We need somebody that can fix it. Um, it was passed to Pete doctor who is the monsters and up guy. Right. Um, and he was like, or we could do this thing I've been thinking about called Inside Out. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so, I like the universe that we're in better than the alternate universe where Inside Out didn't happen. So <laughs> I do too. I mean, I do, I do too. I, I still obviously wish that it, it I, I'm always going to want to travel briefly to the alternate universe and see what Newt would have been. But mm. it sounds like it was never going to be at a point where it was going to live up to the movies that it was surrounded by in WALL-E, in Up, in Toy Story 3. And then the the guy that they were going to pass it to had this very high concept idea uh, that turns out to be an incredible movie. So ultimately yeah. it works out, but that was Newt. <laughs> and this Gary Rydstrom guy, he, he goes on to direct a movie, uh, but he directs Strange Magic for Lucasfilm, which I guess I haven't watched yet. I do want to watch it because I, I I was reading that the animation is actually very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was a George Lucas story, I guess, inspired by Midsummer Night's Dream. Huh. Um, that was not well received, like story wise. Well, um, basically, sure. what I saw was like the only thing worth praising was the animation. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to know if people even know a movie named Strange Magic came out. I'd heard of it, but I never knew. Like I'd, I'd heard the <laughs> title, but I knew nothing about it. So I think it might be the first Lucasfilms project released by Disney after the acquisition, which also I oh. think probably fucks it over a little bit. Yeah, um, weird. But it sounds like it's not great anyway. So sure. And then Gary Rydstrom goes on to stop directing uh, to this point. So oh no, <laughs> just goes back to doing sound design, as I understand, no. for like well, big properties like Star Wars stuff and Disney things, but. Oh, so um, he's doing fine. Okay. He's oh yeah, he's fine. He, we, we don't need to feel bad for him, but I do think it is notable that he had this project Newt that wasn't working out, goes on to direct a movie that people didn't like, and then goes back to doing what he does best, it sounds like, in sound design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it was a little bit of a rough ride. Uh yeah. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Newt. Yeah, it was basically if you've seen Rio, you kind of already know what it's about. If you haven't seen Rio, basically it was about this very rare uh, species of newt of which they thought there was only one left. Um, turns out there's two, one male, one female. Um, and those two are, you know, it, it, they need to get along, right? Because mm-hmm. they need to advance the species, uh, but they don't get along, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't have a movie. Um, and that's largely kind of what Rio is about as well. Like very, very, very similarly. <laughs> Which is so weird because it's such a specific plot to have. Yep. But that yep. that happens so often in Hollywood. Uh, I forget what they mm-hmm. call it, but when it's like the sort of synchronized, 
ideas happening just at the same time. Like just, uh, it's just in the air for whatever reason. And people, I guess we're just thinking about animals fucking, I don't know. I guess. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Ted, had they cast anybody in new, do you know? I don't yep. know if I don't know if we got that far information wise. Like I remember there being art of it, um, and I remember there being like plot details and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not 100 percent sure if they had a cast. It doesn't look like they did, um, or if they did, it would have been like in the sort of early phases or courting of. But I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't look like they announced any sort of cast. Gotcha. They probably had, didn't have anybody locked in or anything yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would bet that John Ratzenberger would be involved in some way. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what are the I odds? Uh, really unsafe bet I'm making there. But, uh... <laughs> but other movies do, because Pixar does Easter eggs the way that it does, it does like future Easter eggs. There are movies that like reference it. Um, oh, yeah. And now those references just don't mean anything really. Or, or they mean even more, I guess. Um, so there's like a Newt crossing sign in Toy Story 3. Um, and I believe there are Newts in Brave. So I'm uh, that would, which would mean that Newt probably was set to come out after Brave. But Brave came out in the summer. So I don't know if they were both set for 2012. I don't know if that meant, you know, Newt was also supposed to come out that same year as a holiday release or something. I don't know. It was canceled like years before. So because they hadn't released two movies in the same year up to that point. Do they have, Oh yeah. And I guess they, yeah, do no, they definitely do. Um, they do. <laughs> they just yeah. hadn't to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just looking at, at the next 12 movies coming up. Oh wow. They, they, that was going to probably going to see the first of many that they were planning to do releasing in the same year. Yeah. All right. I didn't realize that they, they started doing that so often. That's why yeah. I missed. That's why I missed so many of them in this last half. Cause I'd be like, I just saw a Pixar movie. Right. So <laughs> well, that's a, that's another way that you can kind of break up the eras, right? Is like the the sort of like we work on one mo- not that they only ever worked on one movie. Well, they rarely worked on one movie at a time. Early on, obviously, they work on one movie at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there was this very much like we focus on one movie and that's it. And then we're about to enter the era of like, well, we could release more than one movie a year. There's no reason yeah. we couldn't. Other studios do that, and we're not going to go, you know, hog wild or anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. A, a big part of that is that the sequel thing, right? If we're also right. doing sequels, then, you know, we can increase our frequency. But yeah, that probably would have been uh, the first uh, instance of that. Interesting. Yeah, very but, yeah. interesting. It's fine. This is an instance where we're in the better, like we're in the better universe, I think, yeah. for it, uh, like you said. So um, rip to Newt. Uh, it makes me sad, uh, but less now that I know. Uh, the results uh, than when it actually happened. <laughs> sure. I remember sure. being very bummed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, because it does sound like a cool premise for a movie, especially if like, you're not, you know, if, if, if you're not aware of Rio that like, I think it it, it is a really unique premise for a movie that I can see. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it would have been good. Like, Oh, I'm confident. <laughs> it sounds like such a, such a, such a, a rich premise for like a character, some fun character interactions and stuff like that. So, and I've never seen Rio. So like, if that's good, then, then it's like proof of concept. So yeah, Rio's good. It's all, it also is very, di- Rio's also like a musical. This certainly wouldn't oh. have been, you know what I mean? So like, interesting uh, or very music focused. Um, mm-hmm. If, if you don't want to call it a musical necessarily, but 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 yeah, I think it would be good. I mean, if Pete Doctor ran with it, this is the guy that goes on to do wild stuff. So I'm sure yeah. it would have had a lot in his hands to do with existentialism 
if your purpose in life is to basically fuck like right yeah. like yeah. this is like i don't have any choice in this matter i'm sure that's what would have been explored and that's another one of those examples of like with ratatouille and the incredibles where it's like that that's a plot that really is for the parents like that's a plot for the adults in the audience like yeah. the kids can get the concept i guess but like in terms of like who it's going to actually touch like that's that's for the adults in the audience first before it's for the kids, um, which is sort of fascinating. Like there's just another one of those, which, uh, which I always think yeah. is interesting when Pixar does it, which fits in where we're, you know, where it would have been slated to release. Um, I guess you would have had cars too in between there, but it would have sort of been, I think, uh, part of that Ratatouille Wally up toy story three thing, but I'm, you know, it didn't happen. So I can be optimistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, you want to talk about these rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so here's what I did. This is a very scientific process, uh, obviously. Uh, our sample size is definitely uh, sufficient to to do a scientific study with. <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, very rigidly monitored uh, survey and rankings. Um, no, I just thought it would be fun to do something like this. So what I did was I made um, a ranking poll that I shared uh, largely just on my Twitter and then whoever decided to share that and then on my Facebook and my Instagram. Um, so it's worth noting that like very informal process. Um, I had no way to know if people did it more than once, but I did look at the results and it did not appear that like the same thing or the same ranking showed up like consecutively, like that never happened. And like, Anybody doing it probably isn't more than two degrees away from me, but because it's Pixar and it's such a mainstream thing, like, I don't think that means anything. If anything, it probably just tells you more about the age of people who did it than anything else. Sure. Um, this is for fun. So, uh, we had 62 people fill out rankings of the first 12 oh, Pixar I movies. To, I wanted to get to 69. Oh, nice. <laughs> that would have been nice. Uh, that would have been nice. Um, my, my initial goal was like a hundred. Cause then it would have been like that clean family feud number. Right. We surveyed a hundred people. This is also, um, this is also kind of a last minute thing too. So yeah. we, we could have gotten 100 if we put, if we pushed oh, it harder for longer, yeah. which yeah. It, this is, this is very thrown together. Yeah. This minute. was like 48 hours. I got 62 people. So I'm pleased. Yeah. Um, but basically I just, I, I said as best as you can rank the first 12 Pixar movies from your most favorite to your least favorite. That is exactly how it was worded. Yeah. Um, so it's a couple things worth noting, right? It's not a scientific thing. It's not a huge sample size. Um, it's not a, a great, you know, slice of demographic or anything like that. It's just for fun. Um, and it is specifically your most favorite to your least favorite. And I think that really matters based on some of the responses I was seeing before I give you the full breakdown or the full ranking of these 62 people, which, if you're wondering how I did that, the top position got 12 points, second top got 11, all the way down. Just average the scores. <laughs> that's that's how that worked. Um, <laughs> so the highest average score, number one. Lowest average score, number 12. Before I give you the whole thing, I have a couple questions. Okay. Uh, first, I'm going to give you this softball question here. Mm -hmm. What do you think overall number 12 is? <laughs> Cars 2. It is Cars 2. Would you like to guess out of 62 people, how many people ranked Cars 2 at number 12? I'm going to say only one person didn't. 
Oh no, not that bad. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, now I'm curious what the actual what they what people who didn't put yeah. at the bottom. But oh well, you'll right. be fascinated. I did take note of uh, how many like top spots and how many bottom spots each movie got. Uh, so sure. I do have that. Okay. Um, and the lowest and highest position for the most popular and least popular movies. But no, 43 out of 62 people ranked Cars 2 as number 12, their least favorite Pixar wow. movie out of the first 12. I thought it would have been more. I'm, I'm actually surprised that it's that <laughs> few people, or I guess that many people did. Yeah, um, I think... I think if I hadn't been seeing responses come in as they were coming in, I would be more surprised that it wasn't higher. But once I started to realize that I, that the favorite element I think does affect how people answered a lot. Um, yeah. I think that because of that, I'm actually surprised at how high it is. Right. Um, just based on some of the other movies that sort of end up in that position. But yeah, 43 out of 62 people ranked it their least favorite. Do you want to, take a shot in the dark as to what the highest ranking anybody uh, gave cars to was. Um, Oh, that's hard. I think it's, I don't think it's ever going to be above the bottom three. I think it would be, you know, whatever that uh, 10, <laughs> number 10. I could, I can't do math in my head. Only yeah. 12. Yeah. Number 10, I think is the highest that it would ever get. The highest that one person ranked it was their fourth favorite Pixar movie. Who are you? <laughs> I asked myself that a lot as Maybe I was Maybe they're the youngest person that's listen, that listens to our podcast and was a literal child when it came out. <laughs> I think that would make this most sense. It could be. Or or I've been thinking about a lot of these answers a lot and how how I could see it fitting into some of these answers. They It could be somebody who is like a spy movie aficionado. Oh, in which case, I can like, see that. then it's yeah. like, oh, well, it's it's a spy movie done by Pixar. It's not great, but I I I love and am an enthusiast for spy movies. You know, like I could see something yeah. like that, or yeah. like, you know, I I it doesn't have a lot to do with racing, but like I can understand why the first cars, you know, might be higher for some people if they're very into cars or racing or whatever. So, um, but yeah, uh, fourth favorite for one person out there, uh, and nearly everybody else put it in their bottom four. That's so interesting. <laughs> um, there was a very hard fought battle by the end uh, for the top spot. And the difference in average score between number one and number two is 0. 0.05 uh, points. So they're almost identical in their average score. Do you want to guess what the top two movies are or the top two most favorite movies are? Top two? Yeah, because they're almost the same score. I'll give you which one is which, but... um, I feel like it's it's one of the Toy Stories, but I'm not sure which... Maybe the first Toy Story, and... Uh, incredible? Or no, Wally. The first Toy Story and Wally is what I'm going to say. You got one of them right. Uh, okay. The number one spot is occupied by the very first Toy Story movie. That okay. doesn't surprise me... Uh, given the fact that I sort of was as, as I was watching this contextualizing this by like people's favorite, right? I think given that most people filling this out are around our age, I think nostalgia plays a big factor. Yeah. I think the fact that most people don't watch these movies the way that you and I are, I are right now probably plays a big factor. Um, I think the fact that the toy story movie is the first one, uh, is a big factor, but toy story one ended up taking the top spot. Um, it was in a heated battle, 
uh, with the number two spot and the number three spot. But the number two spot, like I said, was so close. Uh, and that one was up. I can see that. I was I was thinking up. If I, if I, I was I was waffling, I think, a bit between Wally, The Incredibles and up for what the other one would be. So I'm mm-hmm. not surprised. I just went with Wally because that's the one that I feel like gets tossed around as like a best for people too. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, you know, a lot of people sort of conflate best with favorite. So, but I'm not surprised with up because that movie just really struck a chord with so many people. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people do conflate um, best and favorite. And I think it, it's also a valid thing to do if you're not setting out to do critique or whatever, but yeah. Um, but I, I think, I think it might be fewer than I thought because of where some of the movies that I frequently hear tossed around as best. Yeah ended up on this list so yeah i can tell you that my rankings are kind of weird because if it was a best Mm -hmm. list it would look very very different from what i ended up putting down i think that's where i've sort of fallen as well uh with with where i sort of rank things um okay so my last sort of uh question for you because i'm not gonna make you guess the whole thing um again first one probably an easy question only two movies uh have the distinction of not being any of these 62 people's favorite Pixar movie. One of them oh. you already know because Cars only ranked as high as four. There was one other that didn't show up as anybody's top favorite Pixar movie. Do you want to guess what it is? Um. Wow. Wait. So somebody did choose Cars as their favorite movie. It's no. Not. It's not Cars. I. I did not say that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Because I feel like Cars is one of them that was. Well, I don't know. Somebody. Or Cars 2. Did somebody put Cars 2 as their favorite movie? No, no. Cars 2, definitively, no one said it was their favorite because the highest position anyone gave it was four. Okay, yeah. There so was that's... one other movie that no one said was their favorite. Um, The first Cars is the easy answer. It's either going to be the first Cars or A Bug's Life, I think. It is the first Cars. Okay. Uh, and A Bug's Life is third from last. So okay. you, you do have a good idea of, of where it was likely to fall. And then three movies, no one listed them as their least favorite. Two of them you can probably guess right off the bat based on what we already talked about. Yeah, Toy Story and Up are are nobody's least favorite, right? Correct. And then there's one more that no one listed as their least favorite. I'm going to go with WALL-E again, but for the answer to this question. (laughs) Nope. Really? Someone lists that as their least favorite? You're going to be surprised at where WALL-E falls. I promise you. Wow. I think think any WALL-E hate... Not hate. Any Wally like lack of love comes from the misconception that like the back half of it is bad or whatever. Because that's I feel like that's been perpetuated for a long time. I think um, Wally, and I, I'm not a statistician, so I'm not making this claim based on any sort of like knowledge of statistics or anything. But it seems to my very dumb eye that Wally might be a more not universally, but a more polarizing movie than I thought. Interesting. That's really interesting. It is kind of a challenging movie, though. So I guess I kind of get take for granted that I, I kind of take that for granted that like it's mm-hmm. not a movie that I feel like it, I feel like you do have to do a little work with that movie to like fully enjoy it. You know, I would that, not like, be surprised if there were people out there who do think the first half of it is boring. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm, that. I'm, that's pure speculation. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said, like, I don't know, it's hard for me to sit through the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fair. I have, I have, a, I have like, I have like one or two weird takes on my list too. So I, I kind of sure. get that. So I'm still looking for. Wait, what was the original question? Yeah, you're that, you're just trying to find the one other movie that no one listed as their least favorite. Um, that no one listed as their least favorite. 
I'll be surprised uh, if you can in- get it in two more. The Incredibles? Nope. Finding Nemo? Nope. What the fuck? Monsters, Inc. Oh. <laughs> no one listed as their least favorite. Not a single person listed Monsters, Inc. as their least favorite I mean, Pixar movie. That's, I get that, because you can't really hate that movie. It's a, it's such a nice <laughs> movie, and, every, and everybody's really cuddly. Like, who's going to... Yeah, I think People that actually very good about sense. that movie, I will say. Yeah, like even if even if you like don't like the movie, I feel like you can't hate the movie because it's such a pleasant movie to watch. So like yeah. that actually that that checks out. I get that. No <laughs> negative right. feelings there. So I won't make you wait any longer for the full rankings here. There are still a couple interesting points I think after the full ranking. Sure. Um so here's the ranking from top to bottom. Number 1, Toy Story, very very close behind up again within hundredths of a point. Mm-hmm. Um then number 3, Monsters Inc. Finding wow. Nemo, The Incredibles, and Wally are the top six. So Toy Story, Up, Monsters, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Wally, top six in that order. Yeah, the 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 favorite question, I th- the 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 favorite thing is definitely uh, the big factor there. That makes a lot of sense. Right, because you end up with, uh, you know, four of the top five are among their five first movies. Yeah, yeah. So I think makes a huge difference, and then Up. Up, honestly, I was a little surprised as I was seeing responses come in. I was surprised that Up took that second spot just because as I saw Wally falling to like sixth, mm-hmm. and then I'll let you know like Ratatouille is number seven. Um, these movies that I think we sort of consider like the best Pixar movies, um, I think as a result end up, like you said, either being challenging or like I hypothesize being a bit more polarizing. Yeah. Up. I was genuinely surprised no one listed up as their least favorite even yeah. once simply because it is it is hard and I don't mean hard in a bad way but like difficult to watch the first 10 minutes they're very very emotionally challenging It is and it is a really weird movie when you revisit it like the plot is bananas in that movie so like yeah, or but even for just 62 for like, people and no one to name it their least favorite, I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, even just to be like a contrarian about it or whatever. It's and so there were some it. contrarians, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My favorite, though, was my friend Chris, who I'll call him out because it's like not that big a deal. But uh, I, I made a comment on Twitter that some of y'all's takes were fascinating and I just wanted to talk, right? And he mm-hmm. texted me or responded or something and was like, oop, uh, might be me. So I texted him. And I was like, what is your ter- like? What is your trash Pixar take right now? And he's like, <laughs> well, I did put Bugs Life very low. And I was like, are you kidding? Bugs Life is like uh, yeah. very predictably in the bottom three. I was like, I haven't done the calculations yet, but I would bet you money that it's going to be in the bottom three. (laughs) Yeah. And there hasn't really been like a reclamation of a bug's life in the the culture either. So, I mean, if we were to add the next 12 movies, it would jump pretty significantly, but yeah. Um, but no, of the first 12 and until cars two rolls around, because I even including cars one, I think a bug's life for a long time was considered like, the bottom Pixar movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, again, I'll say it until I die. I think Cars 2 really damaged Cars' reputation. I think it's the reason yeah. it's second to last. Sure. Um, so, yeah, the Toy Story Up, Monsters, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Wally, And then we get into what was surprising to me at first, but the more I realized, like, this is a very limited ranking. And I, I've said so many times that Pixar doesn't make bad movies. So this isn't a reflection of the movie themselves, but then you get into the the bottom half, which is Ratatouille, 
then Toy Story 3, then Toy Story 2, A Bug's Life, Cars, and Cars 2. I'm genuinely surprised where Toy Story 3 fell. Yeah. I thought it'd be higher. (laughs) Um... I, I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of, um, like, I don't know, not, crit- I guess a little bit of criticism. I, I feel like I've, I've seen, I feel like I see a lot of split. I see a lot split on Toy Story 3. I think that there's, I think, I think that there's a lot, I think that there's a pretty decent subset of people that do maybe think it's a little too manipulative, manipulative or something sure. like that. I, I've definitely seen that come up. A, a handful of times so i could sort of see that and maybe sort of leaving a bad taste in people's mouths and stuff like that mm-hmm. so and i think that's fair for sure it yeah. did i mean toy story 3 it it only got four people's like number one spot out of 62 but it mm-hmm. also got four people's last spot yeah out of i 62 think 62 people i think a lot of people probably find it too too dark and bleak too Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually more surprised that Toy Story 2 wasn't higher. Cause I feel like I, I always hear that one being touted as like, yeah, maybe the, even the best of, of the, of the four movies, which again, best is not the same as yeah. favorite, but. And those I, two I, are effectively tied. I should note. I mean, they're, they're okay. also like a hundredth of a point or so. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty firmly tied for that spot right there. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's. Yeah. Yeah, that did. It's not what I expected, and I do think that I have to wonder how much of it is sort of affected by, like the remaining Pixar movies too, because I know that my list would be wildly different once I integrate the the, the future ones that I have seen into it. Too. Um, Inside Out isn't here yet. Coco's mm-hmm. not here yet. Soul's not here right, yet. Right, <laughs> right. That's the thing is that Onward's like it's not here yet. Although that's a polarizing one, I think. But it made me realize, like, oh, you know, for the movies that are for the movies that are coming up, like, they're either movies that I have not seen and know nothing about, or they are my fa- what I have considered my favorite Pixar movies that mm-hmm. would just top this list that I just made, and that's going to be really interesting going forward for our podcast. But also made me realize, like, oh, you know, actually, like, because. I, because, you know, when we started this podcast, it was because there's a lot of Pixar movies that I either hadn't seen or didn't remember much of or only seen once because it was never like a, my uh, an obsession that I had in the way that I did with a lot of other pop culture. It also yeah. means that, like, there's very few of these movies that I really have a lot of nostalgia for. So, like, building my list ended up being way harder than I thought it was going to be. And I ended up changing it a lot because again, I I just kept thinking like, well, if I had inside out here that I know, I know exactly where that one's going to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is weird thinking about the movies that you can't rank yet based on yeah. this limitation. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to share what yours is? Yeah, I guess so. I feel weird. Cause it's, I, I've, I've been reshuffling it even as we've been recording because I keep changing my mind on stuff didn't even it's, write mine down in ink because I it's going to change the moment it comes out of my mouth. It's so it's so hard because I, my first iteration I I felt weird about it and I think I realized like I'm leaning too much on the pop culture consciousness of it and what I consider the best movie and I don't want to do that because it's it'll just be like Wally is at the up at the top along with Toy Story and Finding Nemo and, the, and you know like all the all the basic ones right so like yeah. I and I, so I sort of consciously was like what I ended up going by is sort of a combination of what do I feel like really touched me like emotionally and has continued to touch me emotionally and also what what would I just, if I was going to put on a Pixar movie right now, what would I want to put on? Um, and that's how I sort of made my decisions. So yep. some of them, if they were sort of back to back on my ranking, 
and I, and I was unsure, I'd be like, of these two, which one would I just feel like watching right now? And that's how I would make my, my decision. And it kind of surprised me. And I'm still not sure if I fully agree with it. Um, but also a lot of it was informed by our podcast because some of these are really interesting to talk about. Um, and because I don't really have nostalgia for a lot of them, really only a couple of them that I have like really legitimate, serious nostalgia for that I had to like think about, um, what it what it came down to for many of them were do I think that they're movies that I just really enjoy thinking about and talking about, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then from there, do I just enjoy watching them in addition to that, which did make a big difference for like the bottom, <laughs> the bottom ones versus like some, some of them. Well, I'll get into it. I'll just go over my rankings right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. I think my top one is just toy story. That's the easy one, but that is the one that I do have a lot of nostalgia for that. I have basically memorized and have watched a million times, but then we rewatched it for the podcast and it holds up. I still enjoy it. Holds I think up. it's such a, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great starting point for Pixar. Yeah. It's a good, small, pretty simple movie that just does some really cool stuff. And it's a good movie. Like I can't, can't not rank that as my favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will be my, be my number one when we included the next 12, but it is my number one for this first 12. And I suspect you wouldn't put it as the best Pixar movie. No, 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 not at all. I think the best Pixar movie I waver a lot with. Um, the be- like If I was going to say the best, it would be like Finding Nemo or WALL-E or maybe The Incredibles, mm-hmm. I feel like would be what I'd say at, at this point sure. for these first 12. Um, but even then, I'm not I'm not totally sure because all yeah. of because any Pixar movie kind of has its problems. Maybe Ratatouille, actually. That might be the weird pull because I don't know if there's any problems with that movie. But oh, anyway. I'll say, I don't think it's that weird to put it uh, really high up on a best of. Like, yeah, uh, if I you're actually, trying to be objective. <laughs> I think because like WALL-E, I think that there's some legitimate criticisms you could make. Incredibles, I think there's some criticisms you could make in how the messaging of it plays. Up, I think, is a fucking mess to be honest it's just a mess that's really like well constructed um i think just i think the plot is just two bananas by the end of it i still feel like that but ratatouille i think is pretty perfect outside of the weird marionette thing and even that i feel like they execute that bizarrely well considering how weird it is you know and if you and if you if you put it through uh a pretty like serious feminist lens i feel like it starts getting docked points but that's pretty much every pixar movie to this point right right yeah yeah the best of list is 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 is, is, is hard <laughs> which is why we'll probably hard. never do it <laughs> yeah and it'll and it just will change and it, and it really depends on your metrics too yeah but toy story one you put toy story one as your as your favorite in this moment <laughs> yeah um number two was was the thing that shuffled the most but what i landed on was actually finding nemo mm-hmm. which surprised me but that is the one that i think from Watching it the first, like, maybe one or two times, however many times I watched it, you know, when it first came out when I was, like, a teenager or whatever, versus watching it for this podcast was the biggest jump in my enjoyment and appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, realizing, like, oh, this is a really 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 good movie with like no no problems like it is a pretty perfect movie again it holds up it emotionally touched me a lot and and it's like the kind of thing where like i am i would be interested to to spend more time with the characters and i would have no qualms about putting that movie on at any given time Mm -hmm. so that made it to my number two my number three ratatouille which i only know because of this podcast Hey, and it's just a really good movie. Like I, uh, I think I will always maintain that that how I was just shocked at how like fucking good that movie is mm-hmm. and how much I enjoyed it. So Ratatouille, uh, Wally number four, 
for, it's for obvious reasons. Um, the number five is the weird one. I struggled a lot for where to put the Toy Story sequels. And for a while, they were like weirdly low on the list. And that felt wrong to me. But it was more. And I think because I don't know, I, I, I struggled with the Toy Story sequels. And I decided like I just needed to split them up on my list because they <laughs> aren't the same movie. And this is another case where it's a very big difference between what I consider best versus favorite. Yeah. I did put Toy Story 3 as my number five, okay. even though I do think that that is a flawed movie. And I think Toy Story 2 is a better movie. <laughs> I just connect. I connect a lot with Toy Story 3. Sure. Toy Story 2, I even saw it as a kid, but it never really stuck with me. I enjoyed it a lot watching it and talking about it for the podcast, but it still never stuck with me a lot emotionally or whatever. Um Toy Story 3, I think, is just there's just so much to think about. And I kind of enjoy the weird messiness of it, too, and, like, how ambitious it is to try to be a movie for kids who grew up on Toy Story and, like, address what it's like to grow up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a really hard thing to pull off. And yeah. I, for me, it did pull it off. So nice. um, that goes number five. Uh, number six is Incredibles because it's a good movie. Seven is up. It's only as low as it is because I, even though I, I, it does hit me emotionally, I still just – I like like the first half of it and I don't really like the second half of it. I don't not like the second half of it. I just think the second half of it is just like dogs are flying, flying planes and talking. It's too much. I don't, I, I don't, so I, don't fun. It's, I, I don't, I don't take any issue with that sort of um, like reaction to it, but it's probably my favorite. I think so far of your like Pixar takes. Yeah. Um, not cause I think it's bad or good. It's just like one of my favorites cause it makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, and I just had like a totally different reaction to that back half, you know? I also get why you'd enjoy it because it is fun. It right. is fun. It's just like tonally. It's not what I think I want from the movie from what's being set up from the first half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I get it, you know, the whole point is that he wants to go on sort of this classic, like silly old school kind of adventure. And then he does. Um, but just like the specific mad libs like plot of it for what that adventure entails it's just like this is what you went with okay um that's why i would say it's like my favorite of your takes and not like your wildest take or anything i think it it makes total sense yeah and then the end the ending is still good so like it still comes together so it's still a good movie it's just (laughs) you know i can never not think about that when i watch it Toy Story 2, I put after that. I already kind of explained it. I do think it's a it's a better movie than some of the ones that are probably have listed above it. It's just, for whatever reason, just never really stuck with me a lot. Um, and there's a lot of fat phobia in it that I have a hard time with nowadays. Yep. Uh, the decks, two are the ones that I struggled with. But that's what I settled on thinking about versus what I would just want to put on and watch. Mm-hmm. I, I put Monsters, Inc. and then A Bug's Life lower than that. Sure. Um, and I know on like on an AMA that we did, I sort of waffled on that and was like, maybe I like A Bug's Life better. And I think I do like thinking about A Bug's Life more because I think it's a more fascinating movie to like talk about and analyze. But I don't know that I care to like rewatch it anytime soon, whereas Monsters, Inc., I would happily put that one on again and rewatch it just because it's fun. So. Yeah. Yeah, I rank that higher. And then Cars and then Cars 2. I do think Cars is a better movie than it gets credit for, but I don't know that I really care. And, and Cars 2, too. Both of them are better than they're giving credit for, but I don't know that I care to ever watch them ever again, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the, that's the thing with Cars and Cars 2 is like it's it's almost, almost, and I say almost very specifically and very intentionally, but it's almost pointless for me to fight the Cars 2 isn't a bad movie battle because it doesn't really matter because it's most people's not it's it's most people's least favorite it's not even 
it's it's also my least favorite to this point. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I uh it's it's almost silly to even talk about whether it's good or bad because it's just so firmly relatively in exactly where it should be for most people whether you're doing objective or subjective rankings. But uh I agree with you. Like they're both better movies than people give them credit for, but spoiler alert, they are also my second and, and last or second yeah. to last and last uh favorite movies. My bigger question so with them is going to be if anything ever bottoms out below them after this because of the ones that I've seen, no, but there's some that I haven't seen, but Cars 2 is just such a weird movie. Like it's so it's yeah. so it's such an oddity that feels like so so apart from Pixar that like I don't know if anything I feel like there a Pixar movie would have to really be like offensively bad in a way that makes me angry to be lower, <laughs> you know, and I don't think I don't foresee that happening. So like <laughs> yeah, without having rewatched some of the Pixar movies in a while, I do think that there are maybe two that could end up lower than Cars. I don't think I don't think anything will end up lower than Cars 2, but there's like one that might. Okay. We'll see. On a favorites ranking, not an objective best or worst. I gotcha. I'm assuming I know what you're talking about just based on the pop culture consciousness, but I don't know if, if I do or not. Yeah. I don't even know if it's necessarily like fully worth predicting because it's been so long since I've seen like three of them. Sure. Yeah. But I that's sort of my general prediction is that s- stuff definitely will end up lower than Cars. Something might end up lower than Cars 2. We'll see. Yeah. So mine, the, the, the approach that I took, because I also didn't want to think about it too much, right? Like I worded the question the way that I did on purpose and I wanted to like follow my own question. So I kind of approached it like if I had just a hundred random days, which movie am I most likely to put on, on any given day out of those 100 random days, right? So mine also is I tried as best as possible not to let what I thought was objectively better or worse than anything else affect it too much. So there are definitely some things that are much higher than I think people would expect because I just like them um, and stuff that's objectively or not objectively that's just probably surprisingly lower just because I'm less likely to just put it on if I want to watch a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. So that's how I tried to approach it. I tried not to think about it too much or, or tweak it too much. Um, so here is mine. I also put Toy Story 1 as my top favorite because it is just without a shred of a doubt, the one I am most likely to put on to rewatch on any given day. Mm -hmm. Then I went Ratatouille. Nice. And then a bug's life because I love that movie and I have rewatched that movie many times. It is a very comforting movie to me. I have, I've, I've surprised you before by saying it has some of my favorite music in Pixar movies. Mm. Um, I really like the, I, I like the characters in that movie, even though some of them are really uh, a problem. <laughs> I just uh-huh. like them. Um, so I had to reckon with like, where am I going to put a bug's life? And by taking the, what am I most likely to put on on a random day out of a hundred, a bug's life is a movie I have and will put on before a lot of other Pixar movies. So yeah. toy story one, Ratatouille, a bug's life, Incredibles um, up Wally. I did put Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 just basically back to back mm-hmm. because based on the sort of rewatch approach, I am more likely to rewatch Toy Story 2 on its own. But if I'm rewatching Toy Story 2, I'm probably also rewatching Toy Story 3. Sure. So to me, even though they are, like you said, separate movies with their own very different and distinct flavors, they on the rewatch scale, I'm more likely to 
uh, they fall in pretty much the same place. Um, then that bottom four for me, just based on what I'm most likely to put on Monsters, Inc., then Nemo, which I think is an incredibly good movie. Do not get me wrong. Huh. Just one that I am not as likely to put on for reasons I don't even know if I can explain. That's um, interesting. Yeah. And then Cars and Cars 2. So I, wow. I tried not to be cerebral about it. I tried to just approach it like favorite in this moment. I'm going to measure by what am I most likely to watch right now and then do that sort of experiment a hundred times over. Wow. Yeah. Nemo being so low is so interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. I think Nemo, you could swap Nemo and Bugs Life on mine and no one would question it. They would think yeah. it's the error, right? Right. But look, I'm living my truth. I love a Bugs Life. Okay. <laughs> And I yeah. just don't watch Nemo that much. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah. That's so funny. So there are ours. Feel free to yell at us, everybody. Um, but also don't, because they're our favorites. So we're yeah, right no matter what. <laughs> I feel like I feel like all of my weird pulls, I feel like I very much explained that, like, like no, I think it's as good. It just didn't touch me or vice versa, you know. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. my rule is very clear. What am I most likely to put on tomorrow when I can put on one Pixar movie? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I do have one more question about just like the stats in general, just because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. What movie would you guess had the most number one rankings out of 62? Because this is averages, if you recall. Yeah. Um, so there's a movie that got more number one rankings than any other movie. Um, and I will tell you, it is not the number one average score. So it's not Toy Story. It is not Toy Story. Huh. Um, is that one up? Nope. Really? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly don't find uh, uh, Incredibles. Nope. Um, Wally. It, yeah, it's Wally. I was gonna say, give it uh, one more swing, and, and that okay. was it. Yeah. So Wally, that's that's what's so interesting about Wally, and that's why I think in my very unprofessional, non-like statistician sort of impression it seems like maybe wally is just had more polarizing scores right it Mm -hmm. probably has fewer middle scores people ranking it lower just drew down its average but more people did rank it as number one yeah i think the people who rank it high tend to rank it pretty high and the people who rank it low tend to rank it pretty low okay which explains why it has the most number ones and Mm -hmm. also falls in the sixth spot out of 12 that is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but that makes a lot of sense because I totally see Wally being a polarizing movie because it is a very challenging movie and it does have a big tone shift, you know, 20 or so minutes into it. And yeah. the first act is is uh, unlike any other movie that's ever happened. And and then the last the, – the, the, the rest of it is is honestly kind of like you could argue it's a pretty bleak movie even with, with its hopeful ending and and – you know, the, all the, all the baby human stuff is weird. Like all of, all of that stuff I can really see just not vibing with somebody. Yeah. yeah. When I, when I, when I really forced myself to remember that I asked people about favorites and least favorites, the fact that Nemo is someone's least favorite, Incredibles is multiple people's least favorite, Wally is multiple people's least favorite, Toy Story 2 is someone's least favorite. Like it started to make sense because then I could think about something about each movie that might make some individual person be like i don't want to watch that movie like it's i just don't vibe with it right i can think about that for every movie i mean i could argue i mean i could make the argument for toy story up and monsters which out of 62 people got no bottom ranks right but um 
but yeah, I, I it it it's interesting to me that Wally ended up where it was with so many high rankings. Yeah, that's fascinating. And then, do you want to guess? This will be my last question. I promise. Do you okay. want to guess what Toy Story's lowest ranking was? Oh, it's lowest. Uh, like five. I don't think it went below five. Oh, phew. its lowest really? ranking was ten. Wow. <laughs> Somebody yeah. really thought thought Andy looks just hella ugly in that movie right? and just couldn't stand it. I mean, Woody is sort of despicable through a lot of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but he's a beloved character remembered to be beloved. I think I think memory, nostalgia. Um, I also think whether people have seen all 12 of these movies probably matters because I didn't say you couldn't rank them if you haven't seen them all. Right? That's like, true. That's a good point. There's nothing preventing yeah. people from doing it. So it's entirely possible Wally is someone's least favorite movie because they haven't seen it. That's a good um, point, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Did um, you say how what the highest ranking Cars 2 got? I don't remember. Cars 2 highest was fourth. Cars was third. Wow. So someone was... ranked Cars as their third favorite. Someone ranked Cars 2 as their fourth favorite. And I don't believe those were the same person. And were those were those not this were they the same person as who put Toy Story as number ten? <laughs> no, th- so that's what's interesting is like I couldn't. It, there were no like very obvious like patterns. But again, not a statistician. Sure, um, it wasn't like I could sit there and easily see that people who love the Cars movies hated Wally. You know what I mean? Like you could yeah. make some pretty, I think, solid hypotheses about Pixar movies based on storytelling, subject matter. Um, things like that, um, where you could you could I think validly hypothesize if people are more likely to enjoy cars, they are less likely to enjoy Wally. Right? Whether you're right or wrong is a totally different thing. Yeah. But I think you probably could do a lot of interesting stats with that. Sure. Nothing was very obvious. The only thing that I have a hypothesis on that I can't scientifically prove, obviously, is one person, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are, so I'm not really calling you out and you never need to identify yourself. If you do, though, I will appreciate you for being so brave. Um, but one person did rank Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 as their second to last and last. Um, and I even made a note on my little like spreadsheet as I was filling it out. I said someone was big mad that they made Toy Story sequels. <laughs> That's so Because I could not think of any other reason why Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 would be second to last and last other than yeah. someone just really didn't want any sequels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's valid. It's just like, let the story be over, you know? Right. Toy Story is sacred. Do not touch. Uh, yeah. It's like it's That's my favorite. Back. They, like it set a bad ranking. precedent, and then Pixar started making lots of sequels. And the Toy Story <laughs> that's two valid never too. Happened. Yeah, that's valid too because I'm pretty confident that person's third to last would have been Cars too. So it sure. could just be a very anti sequel sentiment, which is fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think that's yeah, I don't think that's that's a wrong feeling to have. Yeah. Huh. That's well, so interesting. I hope that was fun. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. I almost abandoned it, and uh, Derek said, "Stop being a baby." Uh, in different words than that, and so I, I uh, pulled my pants up like a grown up and and did the work. <laughs> you were like the uh, the baby adults in Wally learning how to walk. Exactly. Again. <laughs> yeah. I was on the ground. I fell out of my thing, and I panicked. Uh, and then you came along and said, "Stand up, dummy," and I did. <laughs> 
So I think that was really fun. I would love to do something like this again in the future. Um, it wouldn't be for another year maybe, but I do think it could be interesting to have people rank either the second 12 or all 24, which is a much more monumental task. Uh-huh. Um, but I think people would be willing to do it. I, I had so I had one person do it, and I was like, you didn't have to do all that. <laughs> so also, it's not helpful. <laughs> That's so funny. But uh, I would love to do this again. Yeah. Um, yeah, t- definitely. Do you, looking forward, mm-hmm. do you want to know which movies I haven't seen yet? I would like to guess, wanna... actually. Okay, because I, I can would... tell you. how. Well, can you tell me how many? Yeah. There are, let me make sure I got my math right. <laughs> Your math of counting? I can appreciate that as a fellow English major. Yeah. Oh, God. Now I just lost. It's not even that many. Hold on. <laughs> One, two, three, four, uh, five. There's five that I haven't seen and one that I like half watched. So I, it's like five and a half technically. You can okay. The one one that I have technically seen, but I don't remember much of anything. Some of them I'm pretty confident about. So, uh, so we'll say five and a half. I'm confident you have not seen Cars 3. Yes. I am confident... That you've not seen Incredibles 2. Correct. I am confident you've not seen The Good Dinosaur. Correct. I don't think you've seen Finding Dory. Correct. Have not. I suspect you have not seen Brave. Uh, that's that's the one that I have. That's my half. Okay, I have definitely seen Brave. Then I, I, I think the I think the other one then is Monsters University. Correct. Yeah. Ding ding ding. It's the sequels. Right. It's the yeah. sequels. Yeah. Never saw the sequels. <laughs> And the sequels and the ones with uh, lower reputations. Yeah. And the rest of them, the, all the ones that I have seen are ones that I absolutely love. There's like no in between. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, we, we mentioned that the rankings will change dramatically when we get to the second wave uh, because the next 12 that we have yet to watch are Brave, Monsters University, Inside Out. That's going to be real high on mine. Mm-hmm. Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3, Coco, also going to be very high on mine. Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4, Onward, Soul, and Luca. Nice. So we've got a very interesting next 12. I think as a a far less cohesive bunch, I think. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And just like a whole run of them, there's like three in a row that I know absolutely nothing about. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a really interesting year for Pixar movies. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. And and you know, if you're listening and you're like, I have what I feel like is a very interesting take or idea or personal connection to one of these movies, um, hit us up. Uh, Maybe we'll have you guests on an episode or for one of our one of our you know our short uh, interviews. Yes. Um, Yeah. We. Yeah. That's actually that's a great that's a great sort of note to end on. We. When we say reach out to us, we mean it. I will clarify, though, when we say like an interesting take, your take could be very interesting and very valid. But I will say Derek and I tend not to find interesting the this is bad, actually, types of takes. Um, so like if your take is that Inside Out is actually bad. Yeah, fuck that. You're just wrong. Yeah. Bye. Unless <laughs> unless here's where you could maybe have a perspective we'd like to hear from. If your if your if your perspective is inside out is bad actually I am a mental health professional 
Sure. Then reach out to us, right? So there's sort of like an order of operations, right? That's a very good clarification because if it's something where you feel like there's something very problematic that the movie did, like for like Soul, for example, there's a lot of conversation about how that movie handles race. And oh stuff like yeah. That. Like I think that you know that's that's all valid. So I don't if I don't mean no negative takes, <laughs> but it has to right. be. But if it's a shallow, this is bad. Actually. Yeah. We don't care. <laughs> it's it's more like a very particular, like, I think that, you know, this this needed to be thought through more or if you do sort of research yeah. on, on something like this, you know, or if you're an expert in a particular subject or just particularly yeah. knowledgeable in a particular subject or experience and want to share that, um, whether that's positive or negative, that yeah. that's what we're looking for. We are far more interested in a unique qualified perspective or a unique, well-researched perspective. You don't necessarily have to have credentials as long as you're coming backed up with something. Um, You also don't need to be credentialed or well-researched. You could simply have a very specific identity that is represented or vibes with or experience that gives you a perspective, right? So like Finding Nemo is about fish, but our, our guest for that episode was a parent with a very specific experience about parentage that added to that conversation, right? So you don't need to be an expert. We would love some experts. Uh, We've done episodes with two guests where one person has a personal perspective connected to the movie and one person has expertise. I'm looking at Ratatouille as a good example where we had somebody who had a very personal connection to that. And then our second guest was my brother who's a professional chef, right? So like all all kinds of folks just come with something, right? Yeah. That's what we're looking for. And we're far more favorable towards the this is good, actually, even though everyone thinks it's bad, than the other way around. <laughs> I really desperately hope we get a real-life fish person on for Luca. Uh, I think yes. that that would be a If you're a mermaid or a sea monster. Real slam dunk for us as a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> if you're out there, definitely yes. hit us up. If you are an elf or an ogre or an orc or any other mythical creature, um, we haven't booked Onward yet. So, Yeah, that's true. Uh, but but honestly do not do not hesitate to reach out don't be afraid of a no we might say no but we'd rather you ask uh, because you might be exactly who we're looking for we don't know until you reach out yeah absolutely absolutely anything else we need to cover that we haven't covered it's been a fun year i'm amazed it's been a year already me too me too um, no, not really. I mean, unless any any just particularly fun moments or surprises that that uh, have happened over the course of this. Podcast? Yes, yes, actually. Oh, um, okay. I well, because the, uh, it, it has to do with our guests. I will say we have had an inc- we've been so incredibly lucky with guests, um, either because of particular expertise or particular perspectives. Right? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think we've had anybody come on who isn't willing to offer some sort of unique or personal perspective or expertise. And that's been amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ones that surprised me though, are our Ratatouille guest, Kevin dropping the bomb on us that he learned to cook because of the movie Ratatouille. Yeah. That was amazing. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think either one of us knew that until no. he said it on the recording. <laughs> I only asked I only asked him because he was I knew he was a Disney guy and had right. a Disney podcast. Yeah, we were like, Oh, you have expertise. And he was like, No, actually I have a deeply personal connection. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. I love <laughs> it. It's like great. Such a cool story. Yeah. And then that same episode I was really uh pleasantly surprised that my my brother was willing to come on because he's a much 
much quieter uh, and less outspoken person than I am. <laughs> so yeah. We were very opposite in our uh, energy in that regard, but he was willing to come on and uh, was really excited to talk about just being a chef, which I think yeah. is, you know, a good perspective to have for that movie. Yeah. And along the same lines with, uh, you know, we... We knew we knew why we were having uh, Mara on for Finding Nemo. Yes. Um, but then when she was also like, oh, yeah, and we also like <laughs> raise clownfish and like know everything about fish. It's like, uh-huh. oh, my God, you're literally perfect for this. Right. Okay. When she was like, oh, and my husband knows everything about fish. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Great stuff. Yeah. All, every, everybody we've had on, the fact that we got an Amazon employee on for Wally that was that was happy to talk shit about Amazon. A very fun guest spot. That was a fun very little fun. like interview at the end. Yeah. Um and, and and Sam coming on and talking about his like animation experiences and stuff like that too as an animator. Mm-hmm. Um just just lots of just a great like variety of Yeah of different guests and different voices and everybody had like a really cool story mm-hmm. uh, for why they were associated with the movie. Like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that we're looking No one for. came on just to be like, I just like it. Right. <laughs> no one right. was the Marge Simpson meme, right? Like, I just think it's neat. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone could speak had... on some sort of experience. Right. Cause even yeah. Dallin, who I think was hard and would agree that he was hard on cars, um, had like a personal sort of connection to it. I think through, um, like I think he had mentioned seeing it with his dad, I think, yeah. or something like that, and yeah. then also spoke very specifically on like the American, like separate American demographics reaction to that movie, which is something I wasn't expecting. So yeah, yeah everybody's been able to come on and talk about something in a different way. It's really cool. Yeah, I love it. Cool stuff. Thank, thank, thank all of our guests who have been really yeah. cool this 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 year. Absolutely, um, especially the ones who've come on at the last minute when we've been booking. Uh, oh yes, appreciate all y'all. <laughs> yes, these next this next batch is going to require us to to be really on top of our game. We've been on top of our game, but really on top of our game because some of these uh, are the types of movies that like Derek and I simply will not cover on our own as two white dudes with very similar identities yeah um, like would rather delay the episode exactly to find someone um which you know hopefully again if you're out there and listening or you know someone who who you think would be great to have on even if not for the whole episode just as like an interview or something like that mm-hmm. um that would be i mean yeah. it would honestly be helpful to us yeah. uh, and we'll be so. doing i think more more assertive solicitations for these ones because we need yeah. more specific types definitely. of guests definitely so keep your eyes peeled for that yeah yeah, but yeah, it's been awesome. Yes, it has definitely I love enjoyed me some it. Definitely uh, Pixar. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. loving you some Pixar in a I way am. you didn't expect or hoped to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I knew that I was going to enjoy them all. Like uh, Pixar is good. Like yeah. I don't, I didn't expect <laughs> to come in with some contrarian point of view on it. No, or I know. But I remember when we were talking about it, you were like, "I want to appreciate it in a way that I don't think I fully do yet." Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, because like I said, like. Any, for the most part, if if I had seen a movie, I saw it once and don't remember it. Yeah. So like it's it's been really nice to like fully understand what they were doing and sort of the great strides that they were taking, and even the movies that I don't particularly vibe with, just how challenging they are and um, the sort of questions that they sort of ask us to ask mm-hmm. as we're watching them um, yeah. in ways that I don't 
get even a lot from just a lot of, you know, movies that are just targeted specifically at adults sometimes. Um, they're just all really artful, artfully done movies with just uh, and, and just great imagination, just so imaginative. And even even going forward, the movies that I that I have seen and loved and have seen multiple times, just having an opportunity to watch them again and talk about them and re-experience, re- re-experience them. I'm mm-hmm. super excited about doing yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Before we uh, sign off here, um, if you we've had a couple people mention this to us directly and some people sort of imply it. If you're somebody who's been using our podcast to rewatch the Pixar movies, please let us know. Those have been my favorite comments. We've had a few people say, hey, thanks for doing this podcast. I've been rewatching the movies along with your episode drops. That's the coolest thing. That is like it's so validating. So thank you to everyone who's done that. If you're someone doing that, reach out. I will shower you with love. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Well, if if people want to keep their eyes peeled for those guest solicitations or just find what we are doing online in general, you can can find that info and us all over the place uh, online. Derek, where can people find you and the things that you are working on? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on a podcast called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast over on the 4 Radio Network, where I get together with my friends and talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can check me out on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I get together and talk about all of the media we have been consuming lately. Um, if you really like what Derek and I are doing or how we think about and discuss things uh and you like spider-man as well check out our weekly podcast called walloping web snappers um, which is a deep dive into every spider-man cartoon ever made um, weekly drops we also have a patreon where we have even more spider-man content at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers um, and you can check out our website walloping which has a full archive of everything derek and i are working on together um, easily sortable easy to find everything um, also the home of falling with style so you, you can find an archive of our episodes of this show on that website as well uh, be sure to check out our Discord for Walloping Web Snappers, where we do have some channels just for Pixar stuff. So if you like talking Pixar stuff, um, we're in there, and we will happily talk about Pixar stuff with you. You can also reach out to us on social media at Walloping Web Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email this show specifically at pixarpodcast at gmail.com. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Falling With Style on all of your podcast apps. Uh, If you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. And of course, next month, we will be watching what is now the second half of the canon, starting with the 13th film in the canon, Brave. Oh, yeah. If you had the opportunity to listen to a podcast, would you? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. See you then. See ya. (laughs) 